Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. This morning on the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. Go, Rake, how are you, man? I'm good, buddy. How are you? We're fantastic. Uh, I'm always interested. I've asked you this like a couple of the last few weeks. You're watching the game. You're getting ready for the postgame show and everything else. And then the Colts lose in the final seconds. And there's controversial calls in the final seconds. How does that change Greg Rakestraw, the radio man, who's getting ready to do a show? And basically, you know what you're going to talk about has all happened in the final few seconds of the game. Well, I will say this. Last week was, and I've been doing this for 12 years in terms of the Colts postgame show. Last week was the first time that I kind of led with an official's call. Um, I, I thought that was that bad. Um, now, you can point to the end of the first half and say, hey, if, if the Colts handle that better, if the Colts handle that differently, they don't put themselves in a position where an official's whistle decides the game. But not one, not one whistle, but two decided the game last week. Um, and, you know, Jim Mersey talked about this. I have cited this example in the past. I am, I am a proponent of being able to challenge pass interference calls, officials' calls, period. The example that I cite is Canadian Football League. CFL is like that. You can challenge a call like that in that league, uh, and I think you should be able to do that here. I know we did it one year in terms of after the terrible call in the Rams-Saints playoff game in challenging pass interference calls. But clearly there was understanding that, you know, I think maybe one or two of those calls were overturned the entire year. It was a complete joke. Because um, I, I think clearly if, you, if you're able to challenge those calls, you would have gone back and at least the second call would have been changed or overturned. And again, now we're having a different conversation about that game for the rest of the week. Right, given that, how shocked are you? And then again, I'm relaying this from Mike Chappell that the NFL said the pass interference penalty was the right call and that the illegal contact um, should have been picked up, not because it was an illegal contact. They do believe Daryl Baker Jr. committed an infraction there. It just happened a split second after the Philip Walker fumble. That's why the flag should have been picked up. Well, I mean, that's, again, that's why that was a wrong whistle. And on the second one, they're incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't that to I where we it. get all this gray area, right? Because like, even a review there wouldn't have changed it. And that's where right. I, I just feel like it goes back to when pass interference was reviewable for that year and just how worthless of an experience that was. It became a... Why I remember Frank Reich being like, why am I going to throw the challenge flag when right. I know that it's not going to be overturned, even if I do feel like a play like Sunday was clear and obvious to 99% of us? Exactly. No, I mean, it just, it's just that's incorrect. That's against the spirit of that, the way you have written the rule. Again, if that is called as defensive holding, I go, okay, he did it. He grabbed him. Absolutely. Because it was an uncatchable ball. So if you call that holding, so be it. Now you're putting the ball out of the three or four yard line. And again, given kind of the time and scoring the way Cleveland had moved the football, I don't think Cleveland finds the end zone if that ball is at the three or the four yard line instead of being at the one yard line. 
He's Greg Rankstraw. Beautiful night for high school football. Some big matchups here on the semifinal side of sectionals. We'll get to that in just a second. Rake, you obviously deal with a lot of raw emotion on Sunday afternoons, typically around 4.30 and 5 o'clock. Um, how bad would it have to get on Sunday for somebody in Shane Seikens press conference to ask him if Sam Ellinger is going to get a look? Um, it would have to be very bad. Um, and, and I think beyond that, like a repeat of the turnover prone Minshew we've seen the last two weeks, I was going to say, I, e- even with the turnovers, given how well the offense moved the ball, I, I don't see a scenario where that happens. I mean, it would have to be cataclysmically bad. Um, you know, Jack and, and, and frankly, worse than Jacksonville to talk about that. I did get an Ellinger phone call. After the Jacksonville game, none of that like that last week. So, so yes, I acknowledge. Hey, you got to do a better job of hanging on to the football. Um, and, and there's, you know, it was more of interceptions two weeks ago. There was clearly the one this past week. To me, the problem is a don't let your quarterback get hit so much, and b uh, when he does, Gardner take a hit better. Hang on, hang on to the football. Um, but I, I don't see that scenario playing itself out on Sunday. Uh, before Andy uh, ch- chimes in, I just feel like his recognition's got to be better. That's something that stood out to me, whether it's Kyle Hamilton as the free blitzer or even like feeling Miles Garrett. I mean, he was in front of you. I mean, his eyes were – it's not like Miles Garrett hit him from the blind side. Well, the play, the play call was a double move, too, so you know it's going to take time. And, and, and you know and he's you know a beast. pre-snap where Garrett is. Yeah, right. I, I'd like, for a guy that has, whatever, 30-some NFL starts, I'd like to see his recognition a little better. And the Garrett play, I view it differently. And again, everything you said is accurate, but that is a perfectly timed, I'm ready to throw the football and, you know, knock the football. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Away out of his hands. The other ones have just been because of contact ball comes tumbling out that you've got to, you've got to improve that you've got to work on Greg Regstraw with us here on the fans of football Friday on the pay less liquors hotline boy it's a, it's a simple question I don't know I don't know if I, but I don't know the answer to it rake how do you think the Colts rebound and play on Sunday four and four and three and five vastly different the way we'll view yeah. this team come Sunday like we like KB said at about 4:30 or so. You know, I actually think this team has responded well to adversity. I mean, because, again, didn't play well in Jacksonville the week before. Look what they did last week. I, I acknowledge they didn't win the game. But they scored five times against the best defense, at least so far this year, in the National Football League. They put up 456 yards of offense when other teams had averaged about 200 yards of offense against them. I think the Colts did a lot of things well. They just made enough mistakes and a couple of bad whistles go against them where they got beat by a point um, against, again, I think a pretty decent team. So the Colts have been a team, I think, that have responded well to adversity during the course of this season. So I expect them to play well on Sunday afternoon against a Saints team that I think is very similar to them. I think they're very much a – a mid-back team, and I think that's kind of what the Colts are going to play <laughs> right. for the remainder of the season. You know, at this point, 
He is Greg Rakestraw. He's with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Rake, uh, pretty amazing just how the sectional draw has worked out. I believe you have four matchups tonight of number one versus number three in four of the six respective classes. Of those four matchups, which one stands out to you the most? Well, obviously Ben Davis and Brownsburg, uh, because that's the game that I have on my NDTV 23, as well as uh, IHSATV.org with the free stream. Uh, but, but again, those are two of the clear state championship candidates of what I think are several, because the way the bracket works out, um, top three are on the southern half of the bracket. Obviously, Center Grove is the other one. But knowing that these teams have played each other the last couple of years, both in the regular season, uh, but also in the postseason, too, um, and it's the second straight year that they, they've drawn each other. So that's the headliner. Bloomington South, Bloomington North gets your attention. Obviously, Chittard and Garen Catholic get your attention. That's a little bit different. That's at least the second round because they both had to play, both had to be unbeaten teams to get to each other a second time, knowing that Garen hung with Chittard. I think they played in week six. It was 13-7 that Chittard won that game. So, uh, but if you're picking one of that group, it's Ben Davis and Brownsburg. Yeah, the other two, Bloomington North, Bloomington South, Triton Central, and Brown South. That Chittard Garen game's a late start, right? Because Garen's in the girls' soccer state finals? I, they agreed to push that back. That makes sense. And I, I know that that's the IHSA deals with that problem. They try to put teams that, that aren't playing in the um, in, in the football postseason in the, on that Friday night game if they can, but I think in each one of their six games, they had at least one team that was playing in the football postseason. So that, that I hadn't heard that, but that makes sense. All right, Rake, I'm going to put you on the spot. Upset special tonight in high school football. Any Anything that stands out? Could we get an upset? Where would it be? Where do you think? Uh, there's, there, there, would be, there could be plenty of upsets. There were a couple of big ones last week, but off the top of my head, I would say maybe Plainfield and Harrison, uh, okay. which is in 5A. Harris, they, they've already played this year, and it was a one-point game. Um, just because even though Plainfield's lost the last couple of weeks, they play a better level of competition week in, week out than Harrison does. So that's the one that's from, from a ranked team playing a ranked team standpoint. That stands out. The other one would be also in 5A with Bloomington South and Bloomington North. And again, North has had a wonderful season, and, and um, Scott Bless is a good friend. Their head coach, they're nine and zero. They beat South twenty five twenty four, but that has been a largely one sided rivalry over the years. And you wonder if, if in in the kids' minds from Lincoln North, is it a stumbling block to think can we beat these guys twice? So I'm not sure if it's a major upset of three if three beats one. Right. Uh, but 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 that comes to mind as well. He is Greg Rakestraw. He's with us here on the Payless Sliggers Hotline. Rake, we've got Thad Mata coming up at 830. Um, last year, obviously a disaster for Butler. Um, so many times, really, in Big East play. They just, frankly, didn't look like they belong on the floor. A total, total blow-up of that roster realistically, what would a successful year look like in Thad Mata's second season? Um, you know, this, is, this, this sounds crazy high, but you can kind of schedule, work your way around it, even though they don't play that many cream pups, you know, in terms of non-conference, just because, frankly, there's so many, you know, cross-conference holiday tournament. You're playing 20 league games at this point. But I would say find a way to get to 20 wins. Um, you know, it used to be that was your automatic NCAA qualifier. I'm not sure that is the case. Um, so I, I think legitimately for Butler, 
almost, you know, the, the dream is always an NCAA tournament team since it's been a while. Um, but I would even think NIT, um, you know, m- m- might be, um, you know, a good turnaround. Because as, as you said, you don't have to go back and look at last year's film. There's, there's no reason to because none of them dudes are on a roster. Uh, you, you have completely – there's a couple. But you have, you have flipped your roster so completely uh, that uh, it, 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 you are starting at square one. Uh, and so I, I don't think you go, hey, well, it's a young and building team. Well, no, you've brought in a bunch of transfers and, 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 and you've dialed that up. So uh, north of 500. NIT team flirting with the NCAA tournament. I think those are the mile markers this year. When you said cream puffs, it got me thinking of cream savers. I used to love that candy back in the day, Rake, and that got me thinking (laughs) we live in the same neighborhood-ish. If Rosie Bowen and Max Bowen make an appearance at the Rake Straw household on Tuesday night, what would be the ideal candy for Greg Rake Straw to hand out? Uh, it would be a heavy dose of Butterfingers and Reese's Cups. Oh, nice. nice. I, get, I get the candy that I like. You're which damn is right. Detriment to, which is a detriment to my own waistline. Um, <laughs> to mitigate that, I don't buy the candy until like Sunday night, like two days out, uh, because I would just be diving into that thing in my house way too many times. But it, it is a... Uh, and, and, and even though I live in Meridian Kessler, I don't make that size money. They're not getting full size candy bars. <laughs> right, but right. Multiple of the bite size as I hand those out on Tuesday night. What was the favorite Halloween costume in the history of Greg Rakestraw's trick or treating career? Now you know because I lived in the sticks and had like three people within like a mile of my house. Like we moved from. I can't call it the city, but we were at least in town in Lanesville until I was like seven years old. Moved out to the country, and so trick-or-treating kind of went away early for me. So my favorite costume is one that I've debated bringing back for Tuesday night. Um, you know, we all a little more time to be creative in the pandemic, uh, and you know, I was, I've got the beard back now. Uh, because I, I I dressed like Andy Reid three years ago. Yes, and, 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 and not like punt, pass, and kick Andy Reid, like you know, modern Andy Reid. Because I do have access to you know clipboards and headsets, and and I can grow a sweet mustache. Uh, and so you know that if the spirit moves me. When Max and Rosie show up on Tuesday, yes. I may ask them to make a play call for me. Right? So. Do we have a picture of this? This is outstanding. Uh, I have got. I, I will. Uh, I will text it to you. Uh, I, it's on Facebook. If you do a deep dive from three years ago, it's there. Uh, and again, it's it's not like a Chiefs hat. It's not like a Chiefs shirt, but it's it's like red logo to apparel. I've got the, I've got the headset. I'm making a play call, and the way the misses frame the shot, there's like this <laughs> angelic glow of the sun behind me. Now there's two, uh, and so and so I, I have I have been Andy Reid before, and I may be again. I, I love Let's it. Go uh, send me that pic. There, right? there, there's two things here. If you didn't have anything red or Chiefs or anything like that, now nobody would know who you are. But I mean, Andy Reid's been known to pop out the uh, what the the Hawaiian shirt at all the at all the coaches meetings and everything in Florida and other places. So he's He's done that, and then I assume you guys have seen the guy that does dress up like Andy Reid oh, yeah. at, at Chiefs games, and that guy, like, it's freakish, man. He looks just like Andy Reid. It's unbelievable. I, I, I could be that guy's stunt double. <laughs> that way. 
All right, I hate to say it. I'm looking at Elijah right now, but I feel like KB put me on the spot. I got to come up with a Halloween costume for Tuesday. I don't have anything. Uh, to go to like Target or something after the show this weekend. Uh, obviously, it's a busy, busy weekend. Colts happy hour tonight. World Series Game 7. Catch both of those on the fan. Pacers coverage on Saturday night. They're on the road in Cleveland. And then 9 a.m. on Sunday. You know what it is. All the pregame as we get you ready for Colts and Saints. It's all right here on the fan. Well, let's keep going. Let's go back on out to the Payless Liquors hotline. Head coach there at Butler, Thad Mata joins us on the program. Coach, a very happy morning. How are you today, sir? So far, so good. Uh, you know, excited <laughs> as you were just talking, it's a hell of a weekend for Indianapolis and, uh, and you know, big weekend for Butler University as well and uh, getting ready to roll. Homecoming action for yes. the Bulldogs this weekend. Ohio Northern exhibition schedule gets underway. Uh, Thad, obviously a ton, a ton of turnover from last season. Um, I guess, why? Why did you feel the need that, that all of a sudden you, you not only needed to make a couple of moves, but you know retool pretty much 90, 95% of your roster? Well, you know, it was something I, I think that uh, after going through the season last year, and, and just sort of reevaluating. I mean, just in terms of the, the level of competition that we're playing at uh, in, in the Big East, Big East Conference every single night. You know, we felt like we needed to go out. We needed to add size. We needed to add, you know, specific positions. And, and I think, you know, when you look at, in, in essence, we've added 11 new players to our roster. Um, you know, we went out and, and got sort of one of everything. And, you know, from uh, two different types of point guards, you know, four different types of wings, uh, different types of centers. And, and, and that's, that's what I think we needed to do uh, to just sort of get a fresh start and, and, and get guys in here that, uh, you know, we've recruited and, and uh, you know, we've got that bond with them. And, and uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about where we are. When you're going and, and, you know, kids thinking about transferring and you're thinking about changing so much of your team, what's your sales pitch to those particular players? Well, I, I think this, first and foremost, you know, Bella, we, we got to get guys, and this program's always thrived on guys that have had a chip on their shoulder and, and, and had something to prove, maybe a little bit under-recruited or, or didn't work out where they were, but, uh, you know, they're, they're quality kids. They've got a quality work ethic, and, and um, you know, those were those were kind of the biggest characteristics. I, you know, we needed to change our locker room. I needed a different locker room environment, and, and um, you know, that, those were the type of things that we talked in depth with the kids we brought in about and just what our expectation was going to be in regards to, you know, who they were, not only as a player, but as a teammate and, and representing the university. Thad Mata with us here on the fan. You know, Thad, I'm going to ask this. It's a generic question, but I'm going to ask you because you've used the portal so very much here early on in your tenure at Butler. So I was doing, uh, last year, I was doing sports radio in Louisville. I was at the Final Four, and, you know, you interview all the coaches at the Final Four. I I know you've been going through those interview circuits, I'm sure, on Radio Row and other things. And the main thing was the transfer portal, and there's so much good, there's so much bad. But I think you're an example of... Of the good, you you wanted to change the atmosphere in the locker room to get that buy-in. And in other years, I mean, hell, you go back to your tenure, like at Ohio State, you would not have been able to do what you did this off season. 
Well, no, there's there's no question about that, and, and I think you know possibly when when you're in a situation of, of building a program, and, and that's obviously what we're doing here, um, having the ability to to go out and get veterans and you know uh, guys that have, have played at the collegiate level before is I I think advantageous um, in, in trying to turn something quicker than maybe in the past that you could. Yeah, and Thad Modest with us. It is year two at the helm for Butler. I know you know you can't necessarily speak to it. You guys got to commit here from Burbuff High School. I, I know you can't speak to that, but just generically, Thad, um, what would you say the percentage of of your recruiting is keeping eyes on the portal versus high school? You know, I, I would probably say the the portal is more. Um, you know, once the season ends and, and kids get in it, that sort of thing, where the, the high school recruiting, um, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're constantly looking at that. I mean, hey, we, we've got three freshmen, and, and I love all three freshmen we got in our program right now. I think they're going to be really, really good players for us. Um, so there's, there's, there is a balance. I, I don't know if I know what the percentage is, but there is a, a, a decent balance. And, and a lot of it, I think, is predicated on who you're losing uh, off of your roster. Um, I think that's something. And, and as you guys know, in today's day and age in college basketball, you have no idea who's going to be on your team next year. Seemed like you guys had a focus of like not just the quick portal fix of the one year grad transfer, but more of the guys with multiple years of yeah. eligibility. Was that a focus for you? You know, it, it, it was yes, and and um, I think just from the standpoint of you know trying to create, uh, I use this word loosely, but longevity in college basketball. Um, you know, if, if you've got the ability to do that, guys, you know, the guys, all the transfers we brought in this year have multiple years left. And um, and that's something that uh, I, I'm, I'm excited about because I think as, as I look at this team this year, and I think, you know, down the road where they could be next year, it, it, uh, it's a great thing for us. Thad Mata with us here on The Fan. It's a Friday. He's on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Uh, I, you know, I look I look at your time in the Big Ten, Coach, uh, and now you're in the Big East. And that Big East is a beast now, Coach. Uh, how, how, how do the two relate? I mean, you know, your time at Ohio State, it was always eight, nine teams seemingly in the tournament. And, and boy, I tell you, not only, not only like UConn, but the Big East is absolutely loaded. When you take a look at that conference, how Rick Pitino joins the conference, what do you make of it? Well, I, I do. I, I think this, you know, it's funny. People used to say, you know, how did you coach 13 years in the Big Ten? And I'd tell them, you know, you, you literally just sort of become numb. You know, and it's like <laughs> you, you you went in, you know, you beat Indiana on a Wednesday night and you're walking off the court and you're like, oh, okay, going to East Lansing on Saturday. This ought to be good. Uh, and, and, you know, the Big East has that, that exact same vibe. I mean, I finished last year's season, conference season, and I'm like, phew. I don't see much difference now. Um, I, I, I was so impressed with the, the talent level in the Big East. Uh, obviously, the coaching. Um, I think one of the one of the biggest things that got me or surprised me was just the, the fan bases that Big East schools have, and, and um, uh, just in, in incredible environments that we played in. 
Again, uh, Thad Mata is with us here on the Pale Stickers Hotline. Homecoming for Butler this weekend. Exhibition slate underway. Ohio Northern coming up at 7.30. Coach, I was fortunate to uh, attend a practice of your guys a few weeks ago, and and all of a sudden I'm sitting there, and this guy comes up, and he's like, hey, here, you know, welcome, and, and here's our practice plan for the day. My name is Greg, and, and I think to myself, <laughs> yeah, yes, Greg Oden, I, I know who you are. Um, it, what I saw in Greg Oden that day was just a guy that seemed joyful, um, smiling. Uh, your players seemed to gravitate towards him. You just seemed in a great, great place. I know obviously he's been through a lot uh, throughout his basketball career and post-playing career. Um, how would you describe what either Greg has meant to your guys over the last couple of years or just how he's doing? Well, I, I think this, and no pun intended, Greg, Greg has a great presence. Um, and, and not because he's seven feet, 280 pounds, but just, you know, who he is as a person, as you talked about, all the things he's been through. I mean, every guy in my roster would, would love to have the chance to be the number one draft pick and, and all those things. And as you alluded to, I mean, uh, he had some, some misfortune with injuries and, and that sort of thing. But, you know, now I, I think he's trying to give back as much as he can to the game that was good to him. And uh, he, he does a great job for us. There's no doubt about that. How much do your players now know of the greatness of him? How much do they know? And things happen, like kids grow up and they forget about everybody, right? <laughs> How much no, do they know I, Greg Oden? Yeah, yeah. I know. I mean, I'm still wrestling with the fact that they forgot about me and, um, <laughs> well. as a player. <laughs> but no, I, I, I think this, um, you know, it, it's funny because if they ever like, yeah, I remember him. And you, I said, just pull up his like highlights. <laughs> and it's it's the most amazing thing you've you've ever seen. I get asked all the time, "Who's the best player you've ever coached?" And I tell it's not a fair question. I mean, because Greg was an anomaly in terms of of who he was as a as a college basketball player. I mean, you know, led us to the national championship game with one hand, basically. And um, so when they pull the clips up, they're kind of like, "Oh my gosh!" Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would, ima- I would imagine. You know, it's difficult to put a number of wins to it, and, and that's not something I'm sure you want to do. But when you look at, I, I mean, you know, number of wins, objectives, uh, the growth of this program, what are you hoping to accomplish? What do you think the ceiling for you can be this season? You know what? I, I, I that's why I'm excited to play them all night. Just, just to see, um, kind of what we're made up of. I, I, I think this, the, the objective for me with this team is to compete their tails off. And, and um, I didn't think I had that. Uh, to, I, I know I didn't have that at the level I wanted when I got here. And, and um, I want us to fight. I want us to scrape. I want us to, to put ourselves in position to win games down the stretch. And, um, uh, you know, as, as long as we're doing that, I'll, I'll be happy with, with what these guys are achieving. I want them to play smart. You know, I, I said last year, I said, hey, when the schedule came out, if we could win 18 games, It'd be like winning the national championship, and uh, you know we won 14 and had seven of our uh, seven our top seven players seven games out of 32 due to injuries, and you know very easily could have won the 18 games. Um, but you know you you look at the Big East, and I think there's I don't know three teams in the top 10 or top 15, whatever yeah. it is, and. Um, so we just we just got to keep getting better. We got every day. We got to win the day, and and, um, and and like I said, tomorrow night I I, I think you know Butler fans are going to see something a little bit different, just in terms of um, um, who we are as a basketball team. 
Coach, we'll end with this. Uh, Tuesday, that would be Halloween. I'm not sure how much that is necessarily grabbing your attention on the calendar, <laughs> but uh, if we were to show up to the Mata household, what would be the candy of choice that you would like to pass out? Well, fortunately, um, I guess I'll say this uh, in case any of your friends are listening, but my wife is one who takes uh, holidays to, like, when I say a whole nother level, I mean, like, a whole nother level. I went down at 13 or 14 Christmas trees in my house at Christmas season. Um, So at the Mata household, you you don't receive the bite size. You get the the main, and it's it's a selection like standing in a grocery store line. Let's go. That's great. Yeah, you can you can choose whatever you want, and um, it's just always kind of been the way she is is uh, attacked Halloween and, and other uh, uh, you know yearly events. How about this? Willy Wonka and the Mata household sounds sounds like that's what it looks like <laughs> great. on Halloween. Yeah. Coach, uh, it was fun watching you guys practice a couple weeks ago. The energy level very high. Obviously, totally new look, and uh, certainly you got some pieces to work with. Uh, good luck this season. Good luck tomorrow night, and look forward to a few conversations during the year. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. It's the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, fun show today. Thank you to Greg Regstraw. Thank you to Fed Mata for joining us. All of our analysis, we'll have our Colts picks coming up here uh, this hour. Matt Taylor going to join us here in just a second. You miss any part of the show, find the podcast uh, up at the podcast center, 1075thefan.com. You can stream there as well. Download the podcast anywhere uh, that you get your podcast today. So there you go. A fun show. Fed Mata I thought was fun. I think that's going to be uh, an interesting team there in in the Big East to watch. All right, let's go back on out to the Payless Liquors Hotline. You know it's a Friday at 9 o'clock. You know that means the voice of the Colts. Matt Taylor joins us here on that Payless Liquors Hotline. Maytay, good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning, fellas. Happy Friday. Oh, happy Friday. Ready to get to this Friday. This week went pretty quick for me, which I always, uh, which I always appreciate. Uh, go Matt ahead. Taylor, you, yeah. you, you've got to be a big Halloween guy. Uh, he has to. Aren't you? I'm a big candy guy. I can tell you that. I'm, you had the we had the the Colts Halloween uh, outfit and the uh, the big party last night at Lucas Oil Stadium. Like six thousand uh, tickets were were given out, and uh, you know a bunch of a bunch of kids rolling around, you know, trying to fight off the bounce house lines and trying to get into <laughs> trying to get into the candy and the pumpkin town. It was uh, well well done, and yeah, my kids were there having a good time. And what is that? Tuesday night, Wednesday night for Halloween. Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday night. Be, be forty degrees. Are you a? I stay at home and pass out candy. Or are you out in the elements? No, I'm in the elements. I'm in the thick of it. I'm in the trenches, baby. Yeah, I'm in. I'm like an offensive lineman, defensive lineman. I'm. I'm. I'm positioning. See, we we've lived in our neighborhood now for about five years, so we know the good houses. Sure. We know. We know where we're going to get. You know the the. Um, the, the life size, uh, you know, Hershey's. You know, we, we know where we're going for the for the full size Airheads. We 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 we've, we've scattered it out. We know right around the block uh, where where we're going for the good stuff. We also know where the bad stuff is, so we we stay real clear of there. Gosh, you sound like Michigan scouting well, other teams right now. I was going to say, you're, you're like Jim Harbaugh. 
I got a spreadsheet, fellas. It's, it's multi Outstanding. Were you yeah. a Warhead guy back in the day, Matt? Oh, I love oh, yeah. Warheads. Warheads were awesome. Yeah. Yes. Warheads were awesome. Yep. Are, are you guys a, you know, you're carrying uh, this for you too, KB. Are you you carrying the Yeti around the neighborhood, maybe with a little pinch of bourbon or something in it? Or is that or is that a no-go? Hey, now. Pro- probably not on a Tuesday. If it was a Friday or a Saturday, <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd be in the wagon instead of the kids. <laughs> <laughs> Sam's pulling Matt Taylor oh, around Sam. the neighborhood in the old wagon there. Uh, voice of the Colts. How, how about the guy, too, that just stands out in front of his driveway with a grill making up hot dogs? Like that guy. Timothy Captain, that guy. Every neighborhood has that guy, too. Yeah, yeah. And, and frankly, every neighborhood probably needs one of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor. It's a, another home game for the Colts, uh, ending a stretch of four or five at home before they go on the road or away from home, I probably should say, for four of their next five. Matt, I think the analogy you've made with the Saints is outstanding in referencing a dead car battery with just the amount of talent that on paper you feel like they do have, but clearly they have not played very good football this season. For those that maybe have not heard, care to expand on your dead car battery analogy? I feel like every week I got one, and I don't mean to, but they just sort of come to me. And the reason why this one came to me is because Sunday morning, uh, getting ready for the Browns game, I pushed the start button on the old, the old trusty uh, Hyundai, and it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't fire up. Oh no! I, gotta, I have a dead car battery, uh, so I called AAA, bought a Bing, bought a Boom. The guy came out. I'm on my way. I still make the game in plenty of time, but that's that's what came to my mind when I'm getting ready for this Saints game. You know, you look at all the talent they've got. You know, Dennis Allen, great head coach. Pete Carmichael's been there for a thousand years. And you're thinking to yourself, like, why, why is this team so sluggish on offense, right? They're scoring only about 19 points per game. It's really hard for them to score touchdowns. I think they only have 12 on the season. Uh, Kamara's back. Derek Carr routinely throws for 300 yards per game in his career. Um, they've got great weapons on the outside, and Alave and Michael Thomas. Uh, Rashid Shahid is, is a, just a monster in terms of yards per catch. He's got great speed. It, you just wonder why it's not working. It's like this dead car battery in, in your car, and, you know, they can – They've they've had a bunch of miscommunication errors, and they've spent this this mini buy this long weekend trying to get it cleaned up. But they can erupt at any time if they get the right jumper cables, and that's what they think they may have found uh, again with this long extended break here, having played on Thursday night football. It's up to the Colts defense to keep them down and not let them get started because they they can get started with all the talent they've got. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, I'm sympathizing, empathizing with Matt Taylor. What three uh, about three weeks ago? KB the old uh, Hyundai Alliance. I hit the button as well. Nothing. I look. Uh, I look at my battery. It's about five and a half, nearly six years old. So <laughs> I took it. I took it as far as I could take it, but uh, I felt the pain. And that was also, by the way, on a Sunday. That was also on a football well, I, Sunday. I Matt, think it's a Titans you, game. Matt, were you calm? I mean, you have an important job on game day. Yeah. You? Not many people do. Time is very precious to you. Well, on a it, was Sunday about, morning. it was about it was about nine o'clock. Um, you know, so so I had a little bit of time, but you know, that that's that's when it's good to have good neighbors because I think last last uh, case scenario for me was to just you know go across the street, knock on the door, and say, "Hey, can I get a ride about you know, seven miles north of here?" <laughs> that's what it was going to be. But you know, thankfully the guy came really really super quick, and 
He was a total pro. He was like the uh, Gardner Minshew of, of battery <laughs> installers because uh, he's been around the block a time or two, and, and uh, he did a nice job. I was in and out, or he was in and out, and I was on my way super-duper quick. It was awesome. All right, so Matt Taylor with us here. Uh, Football Friday on the fan. He's on the Payless Liquors Hotline. I guess I'll ask you to pick one, but it's a it's a bigger discussion with this team. The Minshew turnovers, uh, and then, you know, I mean, this defense needed a stop at the end of the game. We know about the officiating, so they kind of got that stop at the end of the game, but, you know, whether it be the defense or Minshew cleaning things up turnover-wise, if you could pick one item you want to see the Colts kind of clean up this week against the Saints, what would it be and why? Well, I want to see both, but you know, I guess if I have to pick one, I think you know, if you if you boil down these two losses, it's it's got to be turnovers. I mean, to 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 be able to rack up 456 yards of offense on the best defense in the NFL and score a season high 38 points and still lose. That's just excruciating, and it just proves that it's really hard to win football games in the NFL. The margin of error is razor thin, and you're not going to win football games turning it over four times, right? You've got eight turnovers in the last two games. Those have led to 34 points directly to the opposition. And, you know, in two games when you lose by 18, it's not hard to figure out why. And, you know, the the Browns, I I don't want to take anything away from them because they won that game. It's the NFL. You apologize for nothing rightfully so, but I mean, the Colts kind of gift-wrapped it. They did. I mean, they had the, the Browns had five scoring drives of yep. 40 yards or less. They didn't have game. to do anything. They got the ball and they kicked a field goal. They didn't have to do anything for some of those points. And, and in one of those turnovers, obviously, it's, the, you know, it's, it's a defensive score in the end zone on a fumble recovery, so that that's part of it, too. But, yeah, you're just not going to win football games uh, turning it over eight times in, in back-to-back weeks. And In fact, the Colts have they've turned it over four times in consecutive games, KB, for the first time since 2010. So it doesn't happen all that often. Um, but listen, Gardner Minshew historically has been really, really careful with the ball and, and very intentional with it and, and doesn't have, you know, uh, back-to-back games with, with four turnovers, eight turnovers total here. And, um, you know, the fumbles have been a problem. The picks have been a problem. Um, so, you know, it's a, it's a third straight game here. The Colts are going to play a top-ten defense. And if you look at the Saints, they do all the things well that a, that a great defense does. You know, they're they're good at stopping the pass, uh, pretty good at stopping the run, but they're elite. You know, too, in, in taking the football away. They've got 12 takeaways as a defense. That's top five. They've got a takeaway in every game on the season, and they've got guys that can give you a lot of problems. They've got Tyron Matthew. They've got Marcus May, Marshawn Lattimore, Pete Werner, who you know pretty well there at Cathedral. Cameron Jordan still getting it done in, in year number 13. So. What you can't have happen is a guy like Miles Garrett wrecking the game. You have to make sure, like Cameron Jordan or some of these other guys, don't go off on you because it's been it's been very difficult for the Colts. Uh, unfortunately, it's it's like the team's the other team's best player just can continues to ruin the game against the Colts, whether he's a wide receiver or a defensive end, that they've got to do a better job of just limiting the damage from the other team's top players. And then defensively, it goes without saying. You just can't let P.J. Walker go 80 yards in the last drive of the game. And I know the defense has been put in some bad spots, as I said, chronicled all the turnovers. But, you know, that's the difference between a good defense and a great defense or a great defense and an elite defense is no matter the spots you're put in, you got to get stops. you got to force field goals instead of giving up touchdowns after a sudden change. I think that's the next step for this defense for the Colts to get to.
Guinea's va- uh, Matt Taylor, easy for me to say, uh, voice of the Colts. Our coverage is going to begin 9 a.m. on Sunday. It is week eight, Colts and Saints. Matt, is this year 37 of Derek Carr facing the Colts? Yeah, this is. Yeah, I think it's actually 39. But, Gosh. Uh, <laughs> I mean, seriously, like I'm like I'm watching well, we, Thursday Night Football last night. I'm thinking Ryan Fitzpatrick played the Colts a ton. I feel like for non-divisional quarterbacks, Derek Carr has got to be near the top of that. I mean, obviously Brady, yeah. if you want to go back. But I mean, Derek Carr has got to be close to the top of the list. Yeah, I mean, it, we joked earlier this week on the podcast, we said he should be playing for Tennessee Titans because this is like a the division game for him. Because in all seriousness, it's the sixth straight year he's going to play the Colts. He's 3-3, three and three, but he's had some really big games, right? He's completing about 69% of his passes against the Colts uh, historically in his career. 13 touchdowns to four interceptions. And what's scary is he's 2-0 and oh at Lucas Oil Stadium. He won in Week 17 a couple years ago during the 2020 one season um, playing for the Raiders and you know he's one of those quarterbacks you can never count out because he's just so cool and poised um, you know in crunch time he's got 28 fourth quarter comebacks 33 game winning drives including the last time he played at Lucas Oil Stadium that game I'm talking about in uh, 2021 with the Raiders that was a game winning drive in the fourth quarter he's got the third most game winning drives among active players so he's just you know I, I, it, it's no secret. I, I've always really had a, a strong affinity for him. You know, he can be my quarterback anytime. I love him as a leader. I love him as a guy. I love him in terms of what he brings to the team. And you know, he's he, he's deceptively athletic. He's a great passing quarterback. He loves to, you know, take shots and get a lot of guys involved in that offense. So I, I like him a lot personally. I just hope he doesn't have a big game on Sunday against the Colts. Matt, kind of going on the flip side of that. You know, again, individually, you've listed some of their talent. It, it is surprising especially offensively, the struggles they've had. Carr has been an efficient guy against the Colts in his career. And I'm curious how they will try and attack a very depleted cornerback group. And I guess what does that look like for Indianapolis? Uh, I'm pretty torn on like what they will do at that you know kind of third corner spot. I mean, part of me thought you know Kenny Moore um, and playing him just outside and get EJ Speed on the field a little bit more would make some sense in a base package, but I understand that you know a lot of teams nowadays, they want three corners out there for the majority of the game. The Colts are one of those teams. How do you think they handle life without Juju Brents for however long it's going to be? Yeah, it's a good question. I don't know because you're right. Kenny Moore is so valuable leaving him in the slot. And if you – I mean, predominantly the Colts have played a lot of nickel this year. I think it's almost 80% on the season, which is you know right in line. That, that, that jives with most of the NFL. But, you know, the conversation this week because of depth at corner has been, well, just move Kenny out and, and put, like, Tony Brown in there at, at uh, the nickel. Or you go base and have Shaq Leonard play more linebacker, E.J speeds out there at linebacker in the base defense and that they could very well do that and I don't think there's a huge drop off with EJ speed out there instead of a third corner because he's that good and that athletic and and that versatile and he's pretty good in coverage too no without without a doubt I mean you like him uh, matchup wise on a on a you know slot uh, receiver or you know, a running back out of the backfield. So I don't think there's really all that much drop off there just because of how good and athletic he is. But the Colts are steadfast, though, on they're not going to take Kenny Moore out of the slot. You know, when they do go nickel, it's going to be Kenny on the inside because of everything that he can do, the trust level that they have in him. And Ron Miles made a really good point yesterday. You know, based on some of the formations uh, given to the Colts on offense and some of the looks, 
Kenny gets kicked in on the inside, so it's almost like playing base defense with Kenny playing nickel because he's such a good tackler in the box. He then kind of performs the same duties of a Will linebacker as a nickel corner, if that makes sense. He's just that good and that talented and, and that sure of a tackler, right? He leads the NFL in tackles among cornerbacks. He leads the NFL in tackles for losses among cornerbacks, and he's got um, he's blitzing more. Uh, they're trusting him at the point of attack inside the box more. We saw that with a sack and a half last Sunday against Cleveland. He had 10 tackles against the Browns last week. So that that's, I'm right there with you, KB. I'm really interested to see what the Colts do personnel-wise, knowing that if, if Brent is down, Daryl Baker Jr. has been kind of up and down personnel-wise. Um, but you, you want to make sure you got Kenny Moore out there at all times and nickel. But, um, yeah, EJ Speed and, and Kenny Moore, those are your two wild cards this week, Sunday and it made me moving forward without Juju Brents in the lineup at corner. Matt Taylor joining us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline, voice of the Indianapolis Colts. Again, coverage beginning Sunday at 9 a.m. Saints and Colts right here on the fan. Last one for me, uh, great stuff on the defense. Offensively, I'll give you a two-part question. What have you and Coach seen up close there with Downs, with Josh Downs? Really three good games in a row. Really two of the last three have been spectacular in then, you know, we've seen JT get more snaps and a few more touches than Zach Moss. Uh, I think the training wheels have either come off or this week they fully come off. What do you make of the running back duo and Jonathan Taylor probably getting a little bit more work going forward? Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. I mean, last week it was a true 50-50 split there between um, Zach Moss and Jonathan Taylor. Both guys played 35 snaps. Both guys had 18 carries. I don't know if the Colts you know, wanted it to work out that way, but that's exactly what happened. And so I think this might be the week where Jonathan Taylor kind of goes over that threshold, if you will, maybe takes on you know a lion's share of the, the carries in offense. Plus, Zach Moss is banged up a little bit. He practiced uh, limited yesterday. Um, he was a uh, DNP on Wednesday in practice. We'll see what he is today. But he's he's a little bit banged up. But Jonathan Taylor starting to ramp up in terms of of health and conditioning and total acclimation and comfort within this offense. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if Jonathan Taylor starts to round into you know stereotypical 2021 Jonathan Taylor fashion. You know, ripping off big runs. And the thing that's been most encouraging and, and tip of the cap to Shane Steichen is like, we just got to get the football in our best players' hands. And that's to your point, Andy, that's Jonathan Taylor. That's Josh Downs. They've been really creative with Downs uh, formationally. He joked after the game, I've never been in motion uh, more in my life. <laughs> I think I ran about a mile before the line of, or before the snap at the line of scrimmage last week against the Browns. And that's what they had to do. Stacks, bunches, um, get them in motion to get free releases off the line of scrimmage when you're playing a team like the Browns, when you're playing a team like the Saints on Sunday that play predominantly press man-to-man coverage at the line of scrimmage. So that's going to be something that carries over, I think, to this Sunday as well. But Jonathan Taylor catching balls um, lined up as a wide receiver. He's got nine catches on the season it. on 11 targets. I love it, too. Yeah, I love he's got, it. He's got two catches in the last two games over 20 yards. So he's been explosive running the ball and catching the ball, too. And again, I think it, that's what's frustrating about these last two games for the Colts is they're scoring points. They're moving the ball. They rank sixth in the NFL in uh, point average. And um, they're, they're one of three teams the league right now that rank in the top
top 10 in rushing and passing, but they don't have the wins to show for it. The explosive plays have been there, but I think you know Shane Steichen, is, has, he should be given a lot of credit because he's had two quarterbacks, a bunch of offensive line changes, you know, having to deal with some of the best defenses in the, in the NFL here lately, and they're still racking up points, and they're still getting chunk plays. And Jonathan Taylor and Josh Downs have been uh, a big part of that equation for this team on offense. Matt Taylor, we'll end with this. And Andy Sweeney, I consider Matt Taylor a friend, and I guess I'm going to test my friend knowledge of Matt Taylor with this one, okay? Okay, let's go. Matt Taylor, Tuesday's Halloween, all right? Let's go, yep. I, I'm going to give out four costumes that I think you potentially donned back in the day, and I'm hoping that I can get one of these four right, all right? All right. Okay? Okay. Uh, these would be the four in no particular order, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, I've got Jim Harbaugh. I've got Reggie Miller. I've got Jose Rijo. And I've got oh, wow. Tom Petty. Wow. Okay. Oh, wow. Were yeah. you ever one of those four for Halloween? I was a Colts player, so hardball technically, yes, that's 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 right. I, but I, was there a specific Colts player? I, I I don't know. I feel like I'm not getting full credit for that answer. Um, no, I probably had just like the the basic, you know, the the cheapo Rydell uh, Halloween <laughs> Rydell. set, you know, you know, with like the the nameless back jersey, the T-shirt jersey. Um, Never Tom Petty. No, I don't. I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Because um, because Tom, Tom Petty was more like high school, and that's when that's like it's like the old Seinfeld bit. You know, you're going through the motions. You hit the doorbell, Bing Bong. They say, "What are you supposed to be?" And you're like, "I'm supposed to be done by now." All right, I hit the door. You hit the bag. That's how this works, lady. Yeah, too um, uh, too cool for school there. Yeah, but no, I was I was. Um, a, a a teenage mutant ninja turtle. No, oh, sure. Yeah, same. Uh, I was a Ghostbuster. I Definitely. was the the Joker one year, and then the next year I was Batman. Uh, I was the Ace of Spades one year. Mm. Uh, that that was that's going back real little though. Um, maybe a clown, real little. Now Ryan uh, Bowen passed down a Jim Carrey mask costume oh, to me. No. So Riddler, yeah. So the, the Bowen Riddler. brothers have each been Jim Carrey as mask. Outstanding yep. costume. I was the Riddler. You're sensing a Batman theme. I was hugely into Batman um, in you know, those adolescent years. Uh, how about you? What was your go-to Halloween well, costume I, as J- a kid? Jim Carrey mask. For, I think I did a couple of years for that. Certainly um, a teenage, uh, gosh, blanket on it, um, turtle. Uh, yep. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. I'm Donatello, to, I, 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 I'm Raphael, which what one I was, but I, I can't You're really probably Leonardo. which one. Um, and then a Ghostbuster was probably a little bit more of a go-to for me now. And then lately I've been Kevin Bacon. I, I might, I'll be a strip of bacon... <laughs> On Tuesday, okay, the costume okay. is is very hot. I, I do struggle with uh, vision, kind of laterally, so driving with it is maybe not the best thing to do. Uh, but come Tuesday morning, I will be rocking a crispy strip of bacon. Now, are you guys are you guys big couples um, costumes? Like when you go to the party, the adult parties, are no, you guys known as couples? No, we we are not. We did do for Rosie's first Halloween, we did a, again, I was a strip of bacon, <laughs> Maddie was a piece of toast, and Rosie was an egg. I think that's the only oh, that's time nice. I like that. we've really done the whole group now, action. You, you brought up the Reds connection. When, when Molly was one, 
um, you know, she's a girl, obviously. It's not going to make sense. But I, w- I was so... I was so jazzed up and geeked up to to have you know my 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 spawn represent me on Halloween <laughs> that I, I I dressed her up as Joey Votto that first year. Oh. You couldn't even go Rosie oh, Red. I don't know. No. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about nope. that. Yeah, you didn't want to go Marge Shot for her. <laughs> you no, know, she was her her first. She will always have the badge of her first Halloween costume, a baseball player that she will never watch play baseball. I, I feel like you already have your lead in for your um, for your father of the bride speech here yeah. with that. Uh, Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts. It is Colts and Saints coming up uh, Sunday at one o'clock, and after this, it is several trips uh, away from home for the Colts on the horizon with a bye week here coming up in November. Mate, have a great weekend, man. Good luck with the battery in the car, and we will talk oh. to you uh, next Friday. Appreciate it, Matt. Yep, it's fixed. It's ready to go, boys. Let me know if you need a ride. <laughs> Matt Taylor, <laughs> right there on the Payless 